those are bound to rock. We salute you. Please be called Don't Touch My Pies. Hello. And well, I literally sat here for five seconds waiting for you to start, and you're just drinking like an alcoholic. Hello. 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 Fucking animal. Hello, and welcome to Different Times Podcast. I'm here with my ex-friend, Paul Waller. Yeah, boy. Because I'm now a non-alcoholic, a recovering alcoholic, I've got to cut all the shit out of my life. All the poison and all the bad people. And I think you are the key bad person in my life. Hang on, haven't you got to make apologies and shit to everyone that you've upset over the years? I haven't upset anyone. Uh, I think that's like step number six. And there is no God, so I can't believe in a higher power. I'm doing this shit off my own back. All right, okay. But can I have a sip? Just one sip? No, no, you freaking idiot. All right, then, and a whole bottle. We're Different Times Podcast. I'm Danny Different on the clean and low. I'm Paul Podcast on the wheat beer. I'll wait for you to have another sniff. Ah, what's that mean? I don't know. You've been listening to any good new music this week, dude? Not anything. No? No, not anything worth mentioning. So that's it, guys. <laughs> good, because I'm editing this one. Uh, right. First of all, I want to say a big thank you to someone. Reese, yeah. What's Reese's last name? Weatherspoon. Hammersmith. Reese. Reese Weathersmith. That's a good name. God, I have been drinking a lot today. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, thanks, Reese. So he sent us a lovely email, uh, and he's not the first person to mention it. Um, we have stopped doing sort of playlists of stuff we talk about. Oh yeah, that used to be a ting, didn't it? It used to be a ting, and other people have asked, and now Reese sent us a lovely email, and then I thought, right, okay, I will get on it. At least for the last episode where we talked about um, our favourite albums of... The teenies. No, it's not the teenies. But it is also the, the tens is shit as well, isn't it? Of the last decade, can we just say that? Hmm. What will it be called? Don't know, we'll have to wait for history to decide. Yes, okay, <laughs> decide. You always sound drunk even though you're sober. I think it's just like a permanent thing that has happened to my brain. <laughs> to answer your question, yeah, I have been listening to a lot of fucking ace music this week. I've been wrapping up basically the past year. So all the albums that I haven't sort of gone in deep enough, but I've kept a little log of, I've just been whacking them out this week. Uh, but before I mention any of that, one thing I need to mention is my album of the week. Can I go first with this, Dan? Go on, then. I've got an album of the week, too, but you go first. All right. Oh, I'm excited by yours. We'll do yours next, then, no matter what it says here. My album of the week, and I can't even pronounce the name. It's so obscure. Uh, another email we got, someone just went, can you stop bringing up such obscure bands all the time? I'm like, well, no. Well, that's what we are. We're the Obscuro Brothers. <laughs> that name is not gone. We should take that. Mai Tai, maybe it's called. Mai Tai. Yeah, Mai Tai. Mai Tai. Right, didn't it? M-E-I 
T-E-I. Yeah, a Japanese warrior from Hiroshima, or Hiroshima, or Hiroshima. Hiroshima. Uh, and uh, the album's called Kamachi. I think that's how you would say it. Yeah. I even got the accent spot on. Uh, now, this is... He didn't have to do the eyes, though. I know the people at home didn't see it, but he pulled little Japanese eyes while he was doing it. Unbelievable. <laughs> if you believe that monster sitting next to me, then you're, you two are monsters. This is a guy that is very, 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 very unwell known in this country. <laughs> <laughs> he is so small. He does like these field recordings. Now... This is an album that I've been listening to. Sorry, just to step back, what in the name of Holy Ball Bags is a field recording? A field recording is like when, the, the easiest way to say it is you go to a field and you record. So you're recording um, sounds that are in the It's naturally in the occurring. Exactly. So if you went to like the 90s, 80s and went in a coal miner, you'd hear crying coal miners. Exactly right. So that would be your field recording. You went yeah. out today and you recorded just the natural sounds around you. I like that. So that's basically what he does. He collates all these field recordings. Um, his first album, the debut that came out, I think it was last year or maybe the year before, the theme was horror and ghosts. Right up your street. But ancient Japanese shit. And it's stunning. But I've only heard that from this. So forget about that. We're just talking about this one, Kamachi. Now, I don't know what the theme is here, apart from I think it's something to do with death. Maybe the death of a loved one or something like that. But his main uh, palette that he's using is water sounds. Uh, I'm going to play a little bit here so you know what I'm talking about. Uh, this is a song called Sito. say song is that by the loosest terms of the word song it is by the loosest terms of course daniel couldn't hear that because we just keep on on chatting here um so you're gonna have to find that song daniel i will good luck uh so is it obscure though yeah yeah how obscure is it like very 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 nah, you'll find it mate you'll find it um so the sampling the, the palette has got bits of rivers you can hear rivers you can hear a bit of rain rivers from weezer Exactly. Yeah. You can hear like drips happening, maybe from a sink onto a plate, that sort of thing. You can also hear, and this is the best thing, you know, at the end of Kill Bill 1, when she gets scalped. I have not seen that film for a long time. Well, anyway, there's a whole scene where they're in a Japanese garden and there's a water um, sort of feature that makes a noise. But it sounds much better than that. Anyway, that is sampled, and it's so good. Like it's a re recurring thing that is sampled throughout this album. It's not for everyone. I will admit that there is. 
Is it like that woman that we reviewed a while back whose music was her setting fire to a piano while she played it? Is okay. it that level? It's not that level, man. <laughs> you, the, this is, you can put this on in the background and it makes a, a, some sort of sense. It isn't just like, that is a proper field recording of someone set a fire to a piano. This is different. Like, th- these sounds have been manipulated back at home once once they've been So gathered. he's digitised it and made it. Yeah, yeah. Every now and again, there's what you might consider very loosely termed beats. But again, we're talking very loose here. Um, I don't normally bring this sort of thing up on the podcast, but I haven't been able to stop to l- listening to this. I, I can't keep coming back again and again. It's currently sitting at number 10, spoiler, in my uh, albums of the year. And I just want to recommend it to you guys. It's it's not that obscure that you won't find it. It is on Spotify. It is on uh, YouTube or whatever. But the spelling of it is M-E-I-T-E-I. And I really can't stop listening. So that's my album of the week. So, Dan, what is your album of the week? My album of the week is Look What I Did uh, with their new album Sympathy Porn on So Say We All Records. You ever heard of Look What I Did? I've heard of Sympathy Porn. No, you've starred in Sympathy Porn. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Uh, I think Look What I Did might be even more obscure than Mai Tai. Never, ever heard of this band. How many... Well, no one's heard of Mai Tai. How, how many likes has Mai Tai got on Facebook? Oh, right. Competition. Let's see who's more uh, hipster cool. More, who's obscure. more obscure. So, Mai Tai, here we go. Come on. Oh, please don't even have a MySpace page. Did I say MySpace? <laughs> That's I'm how wh- obscure they are. <laughs> I'm proper old. Here we go. You fucking spelt it wrong. I, I didn't. It, shush. They didn't know that until you just did that. 626. <laughs> oh, wow. I have lost this one. Okay. And your band, what are they called? Like 4,251. Oh, there we go. I smelt a shoe once. Is that what they're called? I wrestled a bear once. Look what I did. Look what I did, okay. Uh, this is another band that, on the face of it, I thought was going to be complete dog shit. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, I, I can't even remember where it came from, but it was like, this is pop punk, it's new, listen to it. So I was like, okay, I've got to listen to something. What I was pop that. punk? Pop punk. You are bringing it. So I was like, yeah, I can fucking dig some pop punk for ten minutes, uh, see what that's all about, and then decide I don't like it and turn it off and take the mickey out of it Jesus right um, but immediately it sounded like your first band at school if you come from a very small town and there's only four people who play instruments so you've got like a metal dude a punk dude a jazz rock dude and just a drummer <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know they're the only guys so they, they go away and make a band and it turns out really weird like one guitar sounds like a normal punk band with a guy on a strat and then you've got like the other guys playing a heavy sort of like Ibanez for a mess of boogie or oh something God, like that. Right. And then, you know, the one guy sounds like he's got wants to play corn riffs and the other guy's, you know, it's just like all over the place. And they've got that sort of the element I hate, like wacky wackiness to them. Somebody else This is, is starting to go bad. It for is me. it's bad for this band. Like someone's idea of wacky is hell to me, you know. Like, oh they call me crazy Bob. It's like, oh, God, you're going to be a knob for the whole time that I know you. Yeah. Sort of yeah. Thing. Just the name of the band. Look at me. Or look what I did. Whatever yeah. they call it. That just screams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your turd. But? But, again, do you remember last week I said I did some... I listened to a band and I did some research and it opened up and it made me understand them more? The band called Cunts. That's right. Yes. Well, these cunts have done the same thing. I thought, <laughs> I'm not just going to slag them off without being informed. Right. Uh, so, yeah. They're... That's my job. 
Was it? Yeah, pretty well, much. Fair enough. They're from Nashville in America, formed in 2001. So they've been going a long time and should know better. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> wow. But as I started reading more about them, like going for a long time, nice looking guys all with long hair and beards. All right. Get a room. <laughs> they describe themselves as, post, as pop punk post hardcore mathcore, which is actually pretty accurate. Say, sorry, say that again? Pop punk post hardcore mathcore. Bloody hell. And it, it might, when you listen to it, and now I've listened to it a few times, there's actually some like proper good earworms in here. And all those bits that should be really bad and really make me hate it, it actually, once the songs click in your head, all that disappears and it just works and it's really, really fucking good. Okay. I don't think that this LP is going to propel them to stardom. Um, because it's still a bit off-kilter and wacky. But it still deserves a proper listen to, just because it's so different. And is it new new? Is it just Yeah, this out? is, like I said, they've been going since 2001. I think the first thing come out in, like, 2002, 2003. And then there's been an album every sort of couple of years, three or four year gap, five Jeez. year gap. And then this is out very recently. All right. Uh, look what I did then, Dan. Can we play a little bit for the people? Mate, you're editing it. Oh, yeah, I do what I want. We're going to have some anthrax after, some slaying. <laughs> anyway, yeah, this is a song called Don't Touch My Pies. actually called hands off my snacks so there it comes off with like a weird sort of meld i can like hear the cheeriness of the chili peppers early chili peppers in there the sort of obtuseness of middle-aged fugazi it's like a bit it's just a bit good all right i don't know if i trust you <laughs> i really don't not after cunts because i tried cunts again after your uh like i'm not I'm not having it. I'm not having it. Well, actually, I might have it. And then, oh, yeah, I'm going to have it. Uh, so I tried them during the week, and I have to, I'm just still not having it. No, fair enough. It's not for everyone, as I'm sure this band won't be. Talking of cunts. Ozzy Os- crew. Oh, oh, snap. We'll start with Ozzy Osbourne, then. Are you sure? Yeah. Okay. Well, he's got a single that came out a couple of weeks ago. I called... heard it. Oh, did you? Yeah. All right, okay. Under the Graveyard, it's called. Is it? Yeah, it is. That's what it's called. Um... It's like a single, but I think it's only a streaming, streamable single. Is it? A strimble? I can't get it on 8-track. I don't think you can't. Uh, lyrics are well shit on this, honestly. If you just like put your headphones on so you can really pick them out. 
Ozzy, as usual, has delivered clunker after clunker. I didn't really pay too much attention. Nothing, well, I said I didn't pay much attention. I listened to it, but nothing stuck out as bad with the lyrics, particularly. What got me was the fucking guitar solo that was shit, and then just keep, kept shitting all over everything. Right. Right, I'm going to give a positive before we go into that. Positive is his voice. Yeah, it does sound fucking lovely. But part of me is thinking, is that auto-tuned and edited to shit? Well, it's pro-tool to shit, isn't it? Because there's no way... Like, if you listen to them live and you listen to, like, raw tracks, like, he'll get... He'll get it great, and then he'll completely go. And it's different every single time. So, of course, he's gone and take multiple takes, and they've pitch shift stuff around to get it right. But I don't really care. Like, I've done that myself. When I can't hit something properly, and or like I fuck it up time and time again, I just say, I'll fix it. But, like, give Ozzy his due. His voice is just so unique. It's so full of character. I love it so much. I love that guy. But you're right, Dan. The song is a minute too long, I would say, at least. No, that uh, didn't bother me. It didn't bother you? No, just the guitar. This, the, the, what, the tone of the guitar or the actual solo itself? The it? solo and the whatever fucking fuzz pedal they found to <laughs> play it with. What do we know, mate? What do we know? We know nothing. There's another band that's sort of a legacy band. We both mentioned them just a second ago. By both, I mean you. They're called Motley Crue. Dan, what what about Motley Crue? Motley Crue signed a contract. They said they were done. They did say that. And now they're going on tour with Def Leppard and Poison, is it? Yeah, man, Poison. No more touring. They're supposed to be done. But because that film came out, their reasoning is that it's so unfair to all the new fans that they picked up on that film that they must go back out and play again. With Def Leppard and Poison. It is pretty unfair on those new fans they've picked up. But I can't go and see Nirvana. Well, that's because they're actually dead. But Chad Kroger could step in. We've been through this. (laughs) Oh, yeah, you're right, you're right. Well, look, at the end of the day, Dan, don't look at my belly when I talk. (laughs) It's weird. At the end of the day, look at my penis like normal. Thank you. They... it's got smaller. Yes, they signed a contract. You were right. Like promised. Kiss. Kiss have said that this is their last tour. I never believed them because there was no contract involved. Motley Crue, I believe them. I was duped. We all were. I decided not to go and see them anyway. And I don't (laughs) think I would ever. Motley Crue is a band I've never seen. Have you seen them? Of course not. But now they're giving us another chance. They are giving us a chance. I reckon there'll be really cheap tickets. I reckon it'll be like, yeah, like, oh, hang on. No, it won't be. Motley Crue, Def Leppard and Poisson. That's going to be a £100 ticket. Easy. It's going to be at Wembley. No. It will be either at the O2 or Wembley. Arena. Mm, yeah, definitely. There's no way they, they can't that do shit fill the stadium. No, but like, there's no, it's, I think O2 will probably be the one where it'll be. I quite like Poison. I listened to them this week, regardless of them being announced. And I thought, yeah, I still quite like Poison. And then I listened to Def Leppard today. I couldn't get into all the stuff that I used to love. Um, like what? Like, Hysteria? Yeah, onwards. 
So I don't really listen to Pyromania for some reason, and I never listen to this earlier stuff. So maybe I should start giving that a go. I like what's the second album? So High and Dry. High and Dry. Uh, got on through okay. the night. Yeah, on through the nights. Okay, but a bit weird. Uh, a bit youthful. A bit. Hello, America. You must have heard that song. Love that song. And then High and Dry. Then Pyromania. Yeah. Then Hysteria. So I go from Pyromania to Hysteria. I'm just so played and out. And a bit of Adrenaline. A bit of Adrenaline. Too much. Like, when you, when you go through a, a, an 80s rock phase, like, you once you discover uh, Pyromania, that's it. Like, you just kill that album back to front all the bloody time. I'd say out of the two, I prefer Hysteria, though. Well, me too. Just, but I think it's because it's played out. I've just played it too much. But like, I mean, that's a pretty exciting tour for the traditional old man rockheads, right? That's got to be exciting for people older still than even us. That's a good point. I'm well older, in fact. That's like forty-five to fifty-year-old sort of. All right. What about the video? Did you see that of them blowing up their contract? No. Oh, you missed that. So that like, and you didn't. You saw that, and you didn't immediately sorry, send it to sorry. me. Sorry, sorry. They've got this contract on the table, and it's just looking at it. So it zooms in, sort of thing, and it says ter- termination of uh, Motley Crue, and they've all signed it, and their, their ref- uh, refusal to play any longer, and they've signed this contract, and then all of a sudden, <laughs> massive explosion, flames everywhere in this office. Just the table blows up. All the walls start to spray fire out everywhere. It just the whole thing goes berserk. And hang it's on, like, hang on, hang on. You don't think they planned this, do you? I I think that it was a natural, spontaneous combustion accident that blew up that contract, and then they've just gone. Do you know what, guys? Now it's gone. Let's do it. Why not? And they're doing it for the fans, which is nice because that, that, that that's that's all there is. Hey, Dan. You know old bands. Yeah. Have you heard of Sepultura? Sepultura, isn't that where um, Max Cavalera came from? Yeah, 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 yeah. He was born there, um, <laughs> and uh, with his brother um, Rex Igor. It is Igor, isn't it? Uh, and then the other guys that actually own the name. So yeah, so uh, so the good ones have gone. They've left all the other. Other Sepultura people. So it's Andreas Kisser is the only one from the good old days, isn't it? Yeah, well, I don't know what the, the black guy's name. Green. Green. Robert Green? I can't remember. Terry Green. Terry. He, he doesn't look like a Terry. <laughs> he looks like a Terrier. Uh, anyway, what do you think of this new song? I made you listen to it today. You did. It starts with like a weird sound that there's no need for. Like a wah, 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 wah. And then it's just low-level... Quality riffs and some Whoa! some bad vocals, like vocals sort of reminiscent of what don't know, like twenty years ago. Songs called Isolation. Even Therapy did a song called Isolation, and that was much better. Isolation. That's a, a cover. <laughs> uh, anyway, right. I quite like that intro, Dan. Seventy seconds. I timed it. It, uh, it sort of builds up. You've got like string section in there, some or probably a keyboard going woo, 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 sort of thing, building it up. It's like, oh, it's building, it's building, it's building, it's building. And then the riff kicks in, which is, as you say, quite forgettable. Um, but it's it's competent. Like, it sounds very much, the verses sound like Creator, 
And the old-fashioned shit, to me, just sounds like when the vocals come in and it sort of goes slower on the bit before the chorus, or if they call that the chorus, sounds a bit like Pantera to me. But like, yeah, early Pantera. Yeah, just... Well, Cowboys not, from Hell era Yeah, not, not that early. Not Hair Pantera. <laughs> oh, that's a good genre. Hair Pantera. Uh, yeah, so I, I don't think I like this, but it is competent. Is that, uh, is that slagging it off? It's not enough. No, it's not enough, is it? Like I heard some reviews of this on some podcasts I listened to, and they're pretty all much in favour and thinking that this is solid. And like the fans, if you go and look online on the Facebooks, fans are well into it, man. They just think this is fucking amazing. Give me Cavalier Conspiracy any day. Is that what they're called now? Or are they just called like... No, I think, well, I think they're just called Cavalier now. Anyway, they're coming on tour again and doing, I think, Beneath the Remains, from what my brain's telling Yeah, me. Beneath the Remains and Arise. Because I noticed that the Beneath the Remains head is the main feature. And then on the, the where a hat would go, if you're going to put a hat on the Beneath the Remains head, is uh, the Arise album cover just sitting there. Oh, that'd yeah. be good. That'd be well good. And who's supporting, man? Conan! Conan! Amazing. We love Conan. Do you remember Domingos Carrera and Pavarotti, the three tenors? Ah, oh, what a beautiful <laughs> That actually was Paul singing there, not me playing a CD. Thank you, mate. I appreciate that. <laughs> well, there's another band out with a similar name called the Free Tremors. Buggery cock about this band. Buggery cock. That's just a normal saying. Okay. I didn't know shit all about these buggers until I put it on. Immediately, first thing that comes to mind, Judas Priest. High-pitched vocals, Widley guitar in. Had you heard them before? Never heard them before you mentioned them to me today. They're a kind of super group of what? sorts. Yeah. And uh, there's some quite super people in it. Have you, do you remember Judas Priest when Rob Halford left? Not Ripper. Tim Ripper Owens from Judas Priest, and he's also in a band called... Shut up! He's also in a band called Iced Earth. Har- Why is it Iced Earth as well? You I think- know Iced Earth. And then, you know, Tim Ripper Owens is the singer. This is all news. Uh, Harry the Tyrant Conklin. <laughs> what is he in? Jagpanzer. Oh, of course he is, yeah, Jagpanzer. And... Sean the Hell Destroyer Peck. <laughs> oh, come on. From Cage and Death Dealer. Basically, they nicked the idea of Bruce Dickinson, Rob Halford, and uh, Jeff Tate of Queensryche. Right. Apparently, they were going to do the band years ago and be called the Free Tremors. But because of recording conflicts, and they basically only had a three week window to get it done, it was just like we could never work out a whole album with 
three parts, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, parts for three people, um, make it equal and fair. We could never do that. Oh, so this three is weeks. three different vocalists going at it. Yeah, Ripper Owens, Harry the Tyler Conklin, and Sean the Hell Destroyer Peck. Wow. Okay. I thought it was one guy. With all those names. <laughs> no, when the voices were going from deep to high oh, to sort of mid-range, I, I thought it was just one singer. No, it's three singers. So yeah, it was, uh, and it, when Bruce Dickinson was doing it, it almost became like a myth, like a legend that existed somewhere, but actually it didn't. And they changed the name to Trinity, and some people thought that was actually going to happen, but it never did, because they thought the actual free tenors would sue them. Now, I didn't know much about Ripper Owens, so I went online uh, and did like try to like find out a bit more about him. Oh yeah, the album cover. We'll get Before to we, the no, no, no. <laughs> we'll mention the album cover now because my next bit goes off on a bit of an arc tangent. Right. Okay. So give us give us a brief description. So right, it's if you know Kiss's Dynasty, right? Think that is the basic premise, except you've got these three tremors, right? One of them, I take it, Ripper's in the middle. Uh, well, two of them are wearing sunglasses, right, in this post-apocalyptic world where there's demons running from them. Uh, the bull-headed, sort of overweight chap, he ha- is toting one of those machine guns that you can find on the side of a helicopter. A minigun. Okay, so, right, and knowing that, on the, you know, on Predator, sorry to go off on a tangent myself, but you know that's the first, like, TV showing of like or film showing of one of them guns with someone holding it they actually couldn't physically lift that gun so there was always people sort of like helping him to hold that gun around because it's not possible and you couldn't physically fire it either it would send you flying back well this guy's managed oh i can see and he looks like something out the matrix doesn't he with his long leather coat oh yeah total like uh you know exactly what we're talking about now daniel said that so you've got Ripper, who I can imagine on the in the middle, and it looks like he's wearing bifocal sunglasses, which, but his sword, because he's near orcs, is glowing, nice. I imagine. But he's not my favourite. My favourite is the guy on the right. So he's carrying two weapons. now, And he looks the coolest of the three because he's not wearing sunglasses. It's like sunglasses, and this is a nighttime painting. So this is it's wrong. It's evidenced it. by the moon in the background. Thanks, Dan. A good spot. So, right, he's got a, sort of a makeshift, like Negan's baseball bat, but instead of barbed wire across it, it's just nails coming out like Pinhead's face. And then his other arm is carrying what looks like just a stick with a oh, what was that like a? It's a battle axe, isn't it? Is that a battle axe? Yeah, it's like a spiky bladed battle axe. Let's call it a battle axe. Anyway, they are going to war for this village or wherever they're found, and like they are winning because there is corpses and there are scared like wildebeest running away. So they're doing a good job. That's a free tremors artwork. Yeah, it's nice. Anyway, as I was saying, I was doing a little bit of deep diving, a bit more background on Ripper Owens. Oh God, no, it's nothing bad. All right. How much do you reckon he's worth? Please don't tell me it's more than a million. Five million dollars. On what? What's he done for five million dollars? It was on a Judas Priest album. He's got Ice Earth shit going on. And it made me go on a bit of a bit of a um a dig, like, oh, who is worth what? How much do you reckon oh, you know brilliant. the best rock star in the world, James Hetfield? Right. How oh, much is he worth? Fifty million. Three hundred million. What? That is a lot of copies of the Black Album. It is. 
And then, the, so I obviously did like, ooh, who's like the richest musician of all time? Do you want to go that or do you want to go like and do a countdown? Uh, let me have a guess. Like, let me have two guesses. If you don't get it on the guess, we're having a countdown. All right. Paul McCartney. Is he number one? No. Is it the guy from Pink Floyd? No. I give up. Number 10, Barbara Streisand. Right. How many millions? Did you write the millions down? Of course I did. 400 million. <laughs> Ninth place is Posh Spice. No. Not 450 million. But she just makes perfumes. And also sang in the Spice Ladies and is married to David Beacom. All right. Bruce Springsteen at number eight with five hundred million pounds. That's quite a lot. And then just pipped by Gloria Estefan, who's got five million and sixty-two pounds. The rhythm is gonna get her. <laughs> and I mean dollars, not pounds. Right. Uh, number six, Dolly Parton with five hundred. Fifth, Beyonce with five hundred million. Fourth, Julio Iglesias with six hundred million. Yeah. Third, Celine Dion. With 800 million. I can believe that. She's got a castle. She has got a castle yeah. in Scotland, isn't it? Yeah. We should go like visit her next summer up there. Done. She'd, she'd be pleased to see us. She would love it. Uh, Madonna at number two with 850 million. Hold the front page. Are you telling me that Paul McCartney's not even in the top ten? So this is saying. Oh, go on. Didn't think to Google it. Uh, but the richest motherfucking museum. Museum? Oh, museum. Musician. In the world is Herb Albert. What is Herb Albert? American jazz musician who's got eight hundred and fifty million pounds. What dollars? I'm not having it. Yeah, now you've said like Paul McCartney. It's um, a bit of a weird one, isn't it? Paul McCartney net worth. Here we go. One point two billion. Hmm. Where are you getting your stats from? Just made them up. Oh, well, there we go. <laughs> it was on an internet site, and I went round a few and checked it out. Well, I think 1.2 billion. Look, he's even got his arms up in the air going, yeah, I'm rich. <laughs> what a cunt. All right, continue. If he's got that much money, why doesn't he, like, build some hospitals? He he has. Has he? he do- everything I've read his autobiography, everything that he does, he just doesn't shout about it. He should. There's a few things like the school of um, like the Liverpool school thing. Yeah, Le- Liverpool Institute of Performing Arts. Yeah, so stuff like that. The That's stuff, just a money making scheme. The stuff to do with the arts, he tends to put his names to. But like all these charity uh, gives, like yeah, and plus like he had to give so much money to whatever her face was with the one leg, Linda. No, not Linda. Linda was his lovely wife. I don't know. That perished. I think it was Heather. Heather McCartney. So how's she still making all the food if she's dead? No, I think she's got a... Uh, oh, God, this is all going bad. Uh, hang on. Who did... Oh, it's not Heather. Heather's his daughter. Now I've got to find out who has the leg. Um, McCartney. Stella? No, it's daughter. No, I was offering you a drink, mate. Woman with no leg. Here we go. This will come up. Heather Mills. I was right. It is Heather. So Heather Mills. Uh, yeah. There we go. So how does Linda she McCartney t- still make food? Um, she uh, has a company. And I guess it's owned by the McCartney estate. I don't really know. So, more money to old Phil McCartney. Bloody Phil. 
Anyway, he's number one in my heart with 3.1 billion. Okay, well, that's the end of our conversation, heading on a bit of a downer there, learning that Paul McCartney is the richest man in the world. It's a shame that he's so rich because, uh, let's face it, he's recorded, what, only like... Didn't he write Live and Let Die? Yeah. So he's got all that Guns and Roses money coming in. That's where he's making all his cash from. He's just got his finger in so many pies. I watched that film yesterday. Yesterday. (laughs) Yes. Had one of them on Sunday. Uh, But I didn't have it yesterday. Yesterday is the link that I'm making because that's the new film by the guy that did 28 Years Later or Days Later or whatever. Also a song by Guns and Roses. Um, now, this uh, yesterday, oh, it is also, but this is also a song by Paul McCartney uh, and the Beatles. So, I like that film. It's really good. It was heartwarming and it's like, do you know the premise of yesterday? No. So, it's, it's still music related. So, we're back in. We're back in the podcast. Don't leave oh, us just shit. yet. Right. So, this is a film about like a guy wakes up one morning. Uh, well, it doesn't wake up one morning, gets run over, all the electric goes across the world, and then when it comes back on, um, he is now awake uh, from being run over, and the whole world has forgotten that the Beatles existed. Oh. Yeah. Uh, which also means Oasis never existed, and also Harry Potter never existed, and a few other things like that may be linked to the Beatles that never got existed. So They've nicked this idea from somewhere else. Where? There was a film... With uh, Rodney from... No, it wasn't a film. It was a TV series. Goodbye, Sweetheart. Yeah. Good he, night, sweetheart. Where he goes, he finds a door and he can go back to World War Two. Yeah, but that's not copying this. Yeah, because then he writes... He pretends that he's written a Beatles song, doesn't he? Oh, does he? Yeah. Okay. All right, well, there you go. So he pretends he's written all the Beatles songs. Spoiler is that it all works out nice in the end and he gets the girl. Anyway, let's talk about... K to the I to the S to the S. This is my favourite 80s period of KISS. I feel I'm tired on a Saturday night. And thank you for that wonderful episode that we just listened to. Daniel, you were great in that. I thought you were good as well, Paul. Thanks, buddy. Especially like that smile that you did. That was a good smile, yeah. Oh, thanks, mate. Uh, this is KISS, man. We're talking about KISS yet again because this is part two of KISS. 1980, just off my head, I think it's 1982. Creatures of the Night. To 1984. What did you just call that album? Creatures of the Night. No, Creatures of the Night, then Lick It Up, and then Anal Lies. Yeah. It's called Animal Eyes. That's what I said. Unbelievable. Right, this is my favourite, as I mentioned just a second ago, my favourite era of 80s Kiss uh, I think it's going to be pretty plain, plain sailing. So we, for all you KISS fans that have tuned in, we're not going to do deep dives. There's a million podcasts that will do that. Basically, the idea behind this is that I am a mega KISS fan. Paul, Daniel is new to KISS fan, Dan. And uh, <laughs> I don't know where I was going there. And uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what he thinks of these records. So uh, Mate, I'll be digging go. out some facts as well. All right, yeah. And I like Daniel to dig out the facts and uh, then I'll comment on them. Uh, it's interesting. And we're going to start with Creatures of the Night. Is that all right? That's their 10th album. Bloody hell. Straight in. October 10th, 1982. Fact. Recorded at the Record Plant Studios in LA. Fact. Produced by Michael Jackson. 
<laughs> Michael, facts. It is a fact. Michael James Jackson, Paul and Jean. Uh, last LP for the record label Casablanca, mm. which was sold to Polygram. And then they signed to Mercury, which was also on Polygram. So I don't know why they fucking bothered doing that. And it's actually... Uh, sadly, dedicated to the owner of Casablanca Records, Neil Bogart, who died of some cancers that during the recording. Horrible, horrible, horrible disease. Yeah. I, th- I think that's news. That's a fact. More <laughs> facts. Uh, Ace is still credited on the album, even though it was Vinnie Vincent um, that played on it. I like these facts. You have been whipping up the wiki. Keep going. Um, no, this is just stuff that I knew. All right, I understood. Uh, and he was uncredited until a reissue in 1985. I didn't know that fact. That's uh, because oh. you're a cunt. Uh, Vincent was fired twice. Twice! Uh, and gone uh, completely by 85. This is also, and most probably the biggest thing about this album, it's the last one to feature makeup until 98's Psycho Circus. What a glorious glorious album that wasn't what psycho circus we're not talking about the 90s mate this is 80s kiss okay, well, keep going sorry i brought it up uh, so after the pop of dynasty and unmasked and uh, the elder whatever that was kiss are desperate at the moment um and they've promised to go back to their rock roots um loving it it was also re-released in 1985 with a new no makeup cover with Bruce Kulick on it. Why? Uh, right. Yeah. Uh, please say Bruce Kulick. Bruce Kulick. Sorry, did I get it wrong? I, I like that you said Kulick for, for everything. But yeah, that album. That's how I came across the album when I first got it. Uh, what a fucking mess that cover is. Have you seen it? Yeah. Stupid. Stupid kiss. Stupid band. Um, <laughs> Early pressings had a mahoosive fuck-up on. Um, They somehow contained John Cougar's American Fall. Uh, Both bands were on the same label, and it just got mixed in somewhere, and no one noticed it. What, a song or the whole CD? The whole song. The whole song? So a whole song song was bloody weird. Like, do you remember that time we went to HMV, and I bought a CN Red CD, and it actually had Elvis on it when you put it on no you don't remember that no no we're at in all. hmv in london like covent garden i think so seeing red's like a belgian hardcore punk band right or something uh, older punk band yeah, yeah uh yeah and it just had elvis on it <laughs> Brilliant. and it wasn't like they'd put the wrong cd in the box because it said seeing red on the cds i don't remember this at all yeah it's shit like that can happen but wow did yeah. you take it back to hmv no i'm not driving all the way back to london to get a fucking 99p bargain bin cd replaced am i Probably not. As soon as you put this one on, to me it felt heavier than anything had gone before. Uh, Eric Carr's drumming is obviously a bit more rock than the Cats' early... Yes, I think it's a total Led Zeppelin riff, man. I think there's total Bonham drumming going on there. Like, from the sound to the actual style. Yeah, a lot of the things I said uh, were sort of mentioned more John Bonham influence drums. Yeah. Uh, and there are actually a lot of other musicians playing on this album as well. Robin, uh, Robin Ford did two solos. Steve Farris has got a guitar solo on Creature of the Night. Bob Kulik did the guitar overdubs. Kulik. Kulik. No, Bob but... is Bruce's brother. Oh, is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah. Keeping it in the family. Ah. Ace Freely didn't play on it at all. 
crazy. Uh, and he, when they did the promo stuff, because he was still like in the in it sort of, he just didn't know how to play any of the songs. <laughs> That's gotta be great. Uh, and he was drunk most of the time as well, so he didn't really notice. Yeah, <laughs> I love like any anything that you see on YouTube uh, from 1981 to 1982 of Ace. Uh, obviously, the guy's totally trashed, and there's not a lot out there because obviously Gene and Paul were like, "Oh, let's not bring Ace along to do this or whatever." But like, poor Ace, man. Like he's going through it. But now he's the one who's come out on top. He's come. He's, he's the top of most of the kiss of most. Uh, the song I got was "I Love It Loud." Recognised this song uh, straight away. Right, straight away, I knew it. I didn't know that I knew it, it was oh, Kiss, no but way. I did recognise okay. the song. Again, I think it might have been on like a compilation tape on the front of a magazine or something. Okay, that I got from somewhere down the way. Uh, to me, this sort of feels like Adrenalize era Def Leppard. That's not a good thing. Well, it means they're you know before their time because Adrenalize was ninety one, I think, and this is um, she's back in the. Back in the past, I think that 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 song is just trying too hard. That I love it loud song. It it's so obviously Gene trying to be the commercial uh, pop guy, but also wanting to re inject a bit of that demon persona into the music again. Yeah, so I've got I've got issues with I love it loud. It's I think it's my least favorite on the record. Oh really? Yeah, fair enough. Did you like it? Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, it, it, as soon as I put it on, it had familiarity from somewhere. So that's the sort of song on the album that I gravitated towards. Yeah. Now, if I was to make a compilation of my favourite Kiss songs, this would represent this album. Okay. I'm not going to do that, though. <laughs> Why would you bother? Anything else? Any more stats and facts? I am out of facts, but I'm sure you've got some that you want to chime in with. Well, this was before I got back into Kiss... I didn't really get back into them um, until, until maybe Animalize or maybe a little bit. No, actually, it was after Animalize. It was more like Asylum. So we'll talk about that next time around. Uh, but uh, this is definitely, like you said, it's Kiss trying to recapture their fan base. Like they realized that everything else hasn't worked. You can tell that by when they go out on tour and they can't fill half a, a, a club, let alone stadium. Uh, they are again failing on this album to win audiences back, which is why I think they took that step finally of just saying, let's get rid of that makeup for the next record. Um, the only thing that really stands out, really stands out, and this album is a proper fan favourite, uh, but for me, the only thing that stands out is those fucking heavy drums, uh, those Led Zeppelin drums. I love that. Um, 
Also, which is interesting, there's a lack of sex songs on here, um, except maybe Keep Me Coming, which is... We're going to talk about sex a lot on the next one. All right, all right, okay. So, yeah, Keep Me Coming is definitely a sex song. And uh, But what's weird about this, like, he says, you got to keep me coming, Dave. Who's Dave? And why is Dave keeping Paul Stanley coming? I think it must be Dave Lombardo. I, I don't know what's going on there. Uh, in fact, uh, it's true. Have a listen. There you go. So that's a fact there that Paul Stanley is asking Dave to keep him coming. Now, a lot of rumours about this time where Paul Stanley is gay. I remember that. Well, he's asking Dave to make him come. Well, yeah, true. But like, uh, and that's the first time I ever heard that. And I, I know the way he minces around the stage and all that. But I never, ever in a million years would have thought that myself. Do you know what? I had to read it to think, oh, okay. Songwriting for me, as I said, isn't really up to par. My song, though, was Creatures of the Night. just heard that is up to par that is a great song I, I just love it to bits there are a few great ones i don't like the ballads on here either i still love you it's over long and overblown but if you want to like listen to this fan favorite i mean i i can't say don't like especially after the last one which you really liked music from the elder but, like, for me, this is just the perfect follow-up. It's just to say, yeah, we are back. Uh, yeah, so that's it, Creatures of the Night 82. Where do we go from here, Dan? We move on a whole year to 1983. Fact. 23rd of September. Fact. Jesus. Lick it up. <laughs> Lick it up, fact. So now, on Mercury Records, their first album to go gold since Unmasked. That's nice for them. Mm. Um, because they got loads of publicity for going unmasked, I guess. Uh, Vinnie Vincent is on the cover. Now Ace is completely well and truly rocking with the boys. Although he's not a full member of the band. Like, you know, Eric Carr is, he's a full member. Yeah. yeah. Proper, gets his cut. He is Kiss. Vinnie Vincent isn't. Um, and that's one of the reasons why he was booted out. Because he was arguing, saying, I want a full cut, I'm a proper Kiss dude, I wrote all the songs, I'm the best, I've been a saviour, basically, I've saved the band. And they're like, no, you're not, you're a knobhead. Uh, but then, because they were going on tour, 
and they didn't have a guitarist to step in. They went, all right, come back. But then he was oh, hence they kicked out twice. twice. Thing. Yeah. Got it. Yeah, he wanted gross profit, I think, was the, the problem, rather than a wage. All right. Okay, well, I thought, oh, well, no, fuck that. You know, you get what you get with Kiss. And he wouldn't sign the contract. Like, even though he was touring, it was just like, no, not signing it. Thinking that he would eventually win and they'd realise that he was the man. But clearly he wasn't. And it would piss them off on tour, apparently. Uh, he had a bit that was him playing his own guitar solo. Yeah. Uh, and they, he'd go on far too long, leaving the others just sort of standing at the side of the stage. Classic. I wish I wish I can see some of this footage. In January 84, um, he didn't stop, even though Paul Stanley had signalled and they nearly had a punch-up in the dressing room after the show. In Quebec, he broke out in another solo uh, and left them standing. So halfway through the song, they were just sort of like, okay, <laughs> wait in, and just kept going. And then he was fired never to return. Now, that I would kill to see. I, I wish phones were about back then. Yeah, you'd so. love to catch a bit of that. In fact, I know this is completely off topic, but did you see the video of um, Abbott doing a gig? Like, oh no, like he was so drunk that he couldn't get through the second song. Yeah. I, I know about it, but I haven't seen it. And then on the second song, uh, Bringing Out the Dead, which is a fucking awesome song, he just throws his guitar out of nowhere and jumps into the crowd. It's absolutely brilliant. I don't know if the crowd wanted that to No, happen. I think they wanted to see a normal gig, but there you go. Um, I didn't choose a song on this one, basically because all the songs are about dicks or cum. How can you say that? Exciter. Clearly a euphemism for Gene's dick. Yes. Not for the innocent. Another warning about Gene's dick. Lick it up. Them singing about what you should do after they come. <laughs> Gimme more. Clearly a song about come. Fits like a glove. Rubber Johnny's. Dance all over your face. <laughs> what is wrong with that one? They just couldn't call it come all over your face because right. it was not acceptable then. <laughs> I'm never going to listen to it the same way again. Yeah, that's why I'm here. Um, okay, I got Young and Wasted. So this is Gene getting a bit of magic back. Uh, it wasn't completely back. He was just interested in come in uh, doing movies and like women as usual, and really is not on the kiss boat at all. Um, oddly, Dan, the same week this album came out, Motley Crue's "Shout the Devil" came out. What? So there was like, there's this is still representing the past, and they're the future. 
at that point. Do you know what I mean? So like Kiss are up against it all the time. But I reckon this album's pretty solid. I think the songs also are much better on here. A million to one, which can't be about cum, surely. Yeah, because one sperm. cum load yeah. has millions of cums in it. Right. Sperms. And only one of them makes it into this the This is woman. more about you than Paul Stanley and Gene Simmons. Whatever. <laughs> Lick it up. <laughs> Million to One is my favourite uh, on here, and it's still one of my favourite Kiss songs completely. I love it. The great thing about Kiss for me in this period, though, is Paul Stanley's voice. Right? For some reason, um, maybe because Gene's pissing him off so much at this point, but like he's pushing his voice to places where I bet now he wishes he never had done it. Because A... Like, doing these songs night after night is going to mean that the lifetime of your voice is going to go. Um, and clearly it has, because this week he's, like, cancelled a fucking ton of ton of dates yeah, in Australia. Yeah, Australia, yeah. And apparently they're doing a gig for eight people. Yeah, well, really? Yeah. I know they just played a gig for some sharks or whales or something on the back <laughs> of a boat. I saw the footage of that happen, but without Paul. So, yeah, but... Like, his voice goes so high during some of these songs. Uh, it's crazy. And he's so passionate about it. He's so passionate. Like there is, And there, it's very simple when people say, why don't Kiss do, like, when they choose, like, a, a random obscure pick, why don't they choose any of those 80s songs? And I can tell you that's probably why. Because Paul Stanley sings so bloody high. Like, there is no way that he's going to be able to do it. And, like, with the backing tracks going on or whatever, it's going to be clearly obvious he's not, you know, screaming at the top of his lungs. Um, Vinnie Vincent's guitar playing on this is really good, man. He's shredding all over the place, which is where uh, a lot of people say, like, Vinnie Vincent saved Kiss, like Vinnie Vincent would say himself. But a lot of fans agree, like, he did save Kiss, in their opinion. Not mine, that's for fucking sure. Uh, but he sort of dragged them kicking and screaming into the the new 80s age of widdly-widdly guitar playing. I don't know, man. I still think that this album is great, but there is a couple of shit songs on it, and they're right at the end, and they're both jeans. Uh, Dance All Over Your Face uh, is fucking terrible, and... On the eighth day, the final song, also fucking terrible. Because um, on the eighth day, on the eighth day, God created rock and roll. Did you know that? Yeah, I was there. Okay, so there you go. Um, little side story. Uh, I got this album from a friend at school uh, who said to me, Paul, you like Kiss? And I was holding my picture disc of Crazy Nights single, Crazy Nights, or Crazy Crazy Nights, as it's called. Um, and it was pitch disc single, and I was very happy with it. And he saw I was holding this. I don't know why I was taking it to school. I, why would you do that? Uh, other just to look at it and <laughs> feel it. But I did. And he came out the back of the bus, and he said, you like Kiss? Clearly I do. I've got their album in my hand. He said, they got well heavy, didn't they? Uh, and I was like, okay, what's he talking about? Because I'm holding Crazy Crazy Nights. And he goes, have you heard Exciter off of Lick It Up? Uh, and I was like, no, no, I haven't got Lick It Up. Um, and he'd done me a tape of it, and that's how I first heard of it. So, yeah, I hadn't even seen that they didn't have makeup on anymore at that point, so I didn't know whether it was old Kiss or new Kiss or whatever. But, yeah, and I thought, fucking hell, that's very heavy. <laughs> yeah, he was right. Anyway, 
What was next? Next, we've got Animalize, which sounds like a Def Leppard album from September 13th, 1984, recorded at Right Track Studios in New York on Mercury again. Okay. Produced by Paul Stanley. What a guy. What a guy. And what a good producer. This is, I think, of the three, my favourite. Brilliant. And uh, mine. Gene Simmons was, although he usually, you know, stuck his head in and did some of the producing and twiddled some knobs, um, he was pursuing his career as an actor. Yeah. Good have, films, Gene. <laughs> we have a new guitarist, Mark St. John. <laughs> yeah. But he didn't last. Sadly, he had arthritis and he was gone by November 1984. It's not a very big career, is it? No, third lead guitarist in two years as well. Starting to sound like the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Uh, This album went platinum, biggest LP since Dynasty. Moves a bit more glammier on this one, I would say. For the singles, maybe. Yeah. Uh, Simmons is pissing off the bandmates a lot with a lack of commitment in this one. Uh, Goes around managing other bands, bit parts in films, uh, Heavens of... Fire was the big hit and the only song to stay in the set after the 80s. And the only video with Mark St. John in it. Okay. That's good stats. Any more? Starts with a cheesy woohoo. Yeah, then it's just straight up 80s rock. Lots of innuendo in there. Babies don't stop. Take it to the top. Standard Kiss song, really. Ah, You're being mean. No. <laughs> that was high-pitched. <laughs> uh, no. My conclusion of these three is I prefer all of these LPs that are masked, Animalize being my favourite of them, mm. but none of them still are as good as the Elder. Wow. Okay. Gene is my problem with this album. My... Paul Stanley is just kicking ass yet again. Voice is incredible. And once again, they're up against it with what came out like that week. So the week before, less than a whole week, uh, Iron Maiden released Power Slave. That's a good one. Fucking hell, man. They are up against it every time. It's not like the 80s never lets up for like those classic 80s albums, clearly. (laughs) Uh, But uh, poor Kiss are just like... Every time they've moved on just that little bit, they're just completely trounced by everything else that's going on around them. But they still managed to go platinum, as you said. Um, the, the problem here and the reason why they weren't fucking astronomically huge, I think, is because Gene is phoning it in. As you say, he's just doing anything else but, like, like helping out his fucking buddy in Kiss. Um, like there is one half decent song by Gene on this called Lonely is the Hunter. And I mean, it's half decent, but he's got three pieces of shit songs with it. Like the worst two, uh, Burn Bitch Burn. What a title that is. And Murder in High Heels. That is also pretty close to being the worst song title that kids have ever done. Maybe Let's Put the X in Sex is quite awful. Didn't uh, the Queen have a song called Death on Two Legs? Yeah. But so, this is murder in high heels, Dan. It's the same, 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 same sentiment. Same sentiment. Fuck this album, though, right? If you were like me, which you probably weren't, because let's face it, there is only one me. Animalize Live is the video that came out 
um, from this period of the touring cycle. Uh, Kobo Hall in Detroit is where it was filmed, and it's what I watched again and again and again and again. Um, it's one of those things, you know, when you're a kid and you get a, a video, like if you're that old, if a DVD if you're a bit younger, and then you will just watch it to a ridiculous amount of times, like so you know everything, everything, every beat. Like, Do you know what mine was? Go on, have a guess. Oh, I'm gonna say it was Pantera. No, before Pantera. Maiden? Maiden. Oh, was it Live After Death? Nope. 12 Wasted Years? Nope. Eddie's on the front driving a motorbike. Oh, Maiden England? Maiden England. I love that. And I reckon I could know every song and then also do all the um, the banter in between as well. Yeah, I think that's it. Well, Paul Stanley's raps are legendary. I think they, um, they better Bruce Dickinson's. What? And also the Faith No More live at Brixton Academy one. I watched watch that a million times. So these are the, the ones that you just rinse. Just so go much. home and just put it on and play. Why do you do that as a kid? I don't know. Like, because well, I loved the music. That was why. But it's, it's weird. You don't. We, I still love the music now, but I want to see and do everything. I'm, I don't want to just like live with one thing again and again and yeah, but again. I, could, I only had that one video to watch. It's not like I could jump on YouTube and watch a load of different ones or even walk to the shop and buy another one. Shit, you know what? You're right. You're completely right. Kids today don't do what we used to do because they have everything at their fingertips. Now, you say that. My little boy, William, right. he'll watch the same, uh, like he's got access to YouTube, every fucking video in the world you can ever watch. He'll still watch, um, what's the ghost one, Cerise, where it's a little boy playing the part. Of, uh, oh, yeah, Papa, yeah, yeah. And the Mastodon one where they'll shake their bums around. <laughs> God, <laughs> even I won't watch that. That's disgusting. Uh, it goes for them all the time. Like, what do you want to watch this morning? And that's what he'll put on. My recommendation of this... These three uh, would be Animalize. Uh, I still think Unmasked is pretty amazing. Uh, but if I'm going to be honest with myself, so far the album of the 80s that we've got to, it's going to have to, it's going to have to be Unmasked. I hate to say it. Fair enough, mate. I would choose this one just because it's like the most rocking. All right. That's episode 101 of a different times podcast thanks for everyone that's got in touch recently uh we will put that little list up for you so you can find out if you missed it what our top tens of the uh decade were again thanks for listening daniel do you have any final words not this week other than my moustache that was on the front cover of last week it's still here and it's even bigger now yeah i wish we'd taken a later picture Everybody's gonna move their feet Get down